If you finally made your home, if you were downtown with the hundreds of thousands celebrating the uh, the Raptors parade, uh, we hope you got home safely and uh, hydrated because I think a lot of people forgot to bring water. Obviously, their first parade, but uh, there you go for next time if they do it again next year, which we're hoping uh, you'll be well equipped. And uh, for the most part, a little bit of a, an incident outside of Nathan Phillips Square near the end, but uh, for the most part, man, that was one hell of a celebration i don't know if you got down close to it leor i know the office is down there but i i stayed away as i was supposed to go into uh to global headquarters there this morning but decided to uh, stay home and watch tv and man it was uh, it was fantastic as alex said a lot of people playing hooky uh, a lot of a lot of people playing hooky, uh, and and uh, a lot of people in my office uh, conspicuously were absent uh, somehow. I don't know why that was. Uh, in fact, we, we even had people ask us about uh, uh, whether or not they can take time off for, uh, mm-hmm. for for the parade. We decided not to give people time off, but that that raises an interesting question that I thought. Let me address right off the hop here. Uh, you know what happens if you did decide contrary to your boss's instructions uh, to go to the parade and kind of play hooky from work is that a problem well the reality is yeah it is a problem because as good a reason as you may have had and let's face it uh, Raptors parade is a pretty darn good reason but <laughs> as good a reason as you may have had it is still improper to leave work to miss work contrary to uh, what your employer tells you so that's a problem whether or not you decide to go to the Raptors parade or you decided to, to stay home and watch movies it's not a proper thing to do it's cause for discipline now is it cause for termination on its own probably not it's not bad enough remember cause it's reserved for the worst offenders so it's probably not bad enough on its own but if it's one uh, in a series of types of misconduct where you know you've been warned before about things you've done the company's put it in writing and this is kind of the straw that broke the camel's back yeah, right. it could be potentially something that uh, allows the company to terminate for cause. If that happened to you, if you're in that situation, something to think about. Not a good idea, John, to miss work if your boss doesn't give you permission. Certainly cause for discipline, if not uh, for termination. Yeah, you know, you, you mentioned repeated uh, repeat offenders, and really it's got to be pretty severe to get to get canned for it. So I guess, you know, as far as, as, as far as a basketball reference, maybe you got caught two or three times. You went off, took a couple of days off with Orlando, and then maybe one with the Sixers, and then <laughs> Who told a couple you? with the Bucks. No. Yeah, that's right. And so this is your fourth or fifth or sixth time you've done this because you're just a basketball junkie. Now maybe you can get smoked. You, you, you probably can. And by the way, even if the other types of misconduct that you had were unrelated to absences, maybe it was misconduct right. about you know you uh, treating someone badly or uh, you know what I mean, not doing a good job at work. Even if it's different types of misconduct, this is just one of a series of them. It could be a problem. And, and so the, the lesson here for employers, of course, would be if you're going to have an employee that you consider terminating for cause, you need to document it, and you need to have a number of misconducts before you can pull the trigger on a termination. Right. And for employees, of course it's even simpler just don't miss work when you're not supposed to simple as that you bet 416-870-6400 star 640 on cell one 225 talk that is toll free this is a live show of course as it is on Monday nights here, the first one of the week of the Employment Hour. What else? Uh, what else you got going on, pal? So yeah, it's been a, a busy, busy uh, few days. Last week, uh, quite a, a lot of people that I've spoken with personally, my colleagues have spoken with, and I'm looking forward to answering a lot of calls on this show. Give us a call. Take uh, take us for a spin, so to speak. Give us a try. Uh, let us solve your workplace problems. If you're now uh, dealing with a workplace problem, something happened today. You went in. Your boss said, "Guess what? Tomorrow we're changing your compensation. We're changing your job. We're reporting a." Arrangements. Can they do that? 
Call us. Let's talk about that. And of course, if you lost your job, you know what to do. You call us. Uh, but of course, that to, to start off, uh, some situations that came across my uh, my desk just very very recently. Uh, I spoke with a gentleman that had been uh, off uh, on a medical leave, a disability leave for just around two years. He had been a, in a car accident, serious car accident, and was off for a long time. Was working hard to get better, physiotherapy, etc. Well, sure enough, uh, just around two years uh, after about two years of being off, he got better, uh, and slowly but surely was uh, approved to get back to work. He contacted his employer, said, uh, "I'm ready to come back to work and do my old job, no problem." Mm-hmm. Well, his employer, very surprised to hear from him, said, well, we don't know if we have anything for you, from you. It's, it's been a while, but here's what we're going to do. We're going to look to see if we have a position. We'll let you know once we figured it out. Okay, you figured that's fine. John, this was a year ago. Wow. And in this year, he had not heard from them, never heard back. Now, in his mind, he figured, they must have not found a position for me. Well, mm-hmm. I guess that's not their fault, so there's nothing I can do about it. The only reason he contacted me, because he heard this show right here and I was talking about a similar situation and he realized wait a second I actually may have some entitlements so he called me and of course he has entitlements here's the thing John even if the company legitimately tried to find the position for him but couldn't that is a termination Yep. they owe him severance he had 15 years with the company previously he's gonna be owed north of a year's pay potentially as much as 16 months pay now if the company did not even try to look for a job, they didn't really bother, they didn't make the efforts to try to find him something, that's actually a human rights violation. That would be even more illegal. But even giving the company the benefit of the doubt, they wanted him back, they tried, they just couldn't find anything, they've now terminated his employment because there's no job for him. So they owe him severance. Very important lesson here. If you come back to work if after a medical leave and the company doesn't have something for you, first of all, remember, they have to try to find you something. But yep. if they legitimately don't have anything for you, they have to pay you your full severance. There's no way of avoiding that. They can't say, well, too bad, there's nothing for you, so off you go. No, they have to pay severance. If they don't, that's a wrongful dismissal. Lucky for this gentleman, John, he he still has time to deal with it. This was a year ago. There would have been a two-year limitation period. I'm glad he heard the show, and I'm going to help him get the severance he's owed. The number, by the way, 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell, and 1-888-225-TALK. That is toll-free. As you know, this uh, this show is live. It is a call-in show. This is the place you want to go uh, for information. We'll get to Joe here in just a minute. We're just lining up his call. And throughout the uh, the rest of the show as well, we will revisit what we call the Ten Commandments of Termination of Employment. I know it sounds pretty tongue-in-cheek, but these uh, <laughs> these ten things are very, very important if you're uh, – if you're out there and have a job and you know you need more knowledge in your in your kitty, this is the the place to be for that. So I think I'll I'll start on number one with that as we get uh, Joe ready here. Number one, thou shalt think about termination when accepting a new job. Of course you will. You, you have to think of termination when you accept a job. I know that sounds silly. Yep. I just accepted a job. You want me to think about termination? Well, the reason you have to think about termination is because your employer is thinking about termination yeah. on you day bet. one. How do we know that? Because you may have been asked to sign an employment agreement that tries to limit your future termination entitlements, your future severance. So you may sign an agreement being excited about uh, starting a job, not realizing that in doing that, you signed away tens of thousands of dollars that you would have legally been owed. So you have to think about that, be aware of that, and Mm -hmm. if you find something in the employment agreement that addresses termination, we need to identify it and then negotiate it. Those things 
can be negotiated. They can. You need to first identify them. If you're not sure what it is, if you're not sure if it limits your entitlements, send it to me. If your employment agreement addresses termination, that's bad news. It doesn't do that in order to give you more entitlements. It yeah. does that to give you less entitlements. So be aware of that. Think of termination now because if you don't care about it now, you'll pay for it later. I think we got uh, Joe all lined up. Hey, Joe, thanks for hanging on. How are you tonight? Oh, very well. Thank you for taking my call. Sure. What's up? Well, my question is with regards to uh, people who are working part-time. Are there any employment laws that uh, would force a company to make them full-timers after they've been employed for any length of time, a year, two years, whatever? No, there's no law that, that makes company make someone full-time, part-time. But the thing to understand is the law actually doesn't make a distinction between full-time and part-time. There's no different rights and different entitlements uh, that, that the law provides for full-time and part-time. Some employers may say, well, we're only going to give benefits to full-time employees. They could do that, just like they could say, you know, we, we're only going to give benefits to people whose names start with the letter, letter J. You know what I mean? That's a silly thing, but, but they can. So they cannot be made to be full, to, to make the company pay you full, uh, make you full time. But that doesn't mean you don't have the same rights to severance, the same rights to overtime, the same rights to vacation pay. You have the same rights as every other employee, whether you're part time or full time. Okay, thank you. I was just curious. I'd never heard the question asked. Thanks, Joe. Thanks, Joe. Appreciate that. In fact, it's a question I don't think we have had before. Moving forward, by the way, Joe, you want to reach out and uh, contact Lior, you can do so. That number, one 855 or quite simply, help at employmenthour.com. Lots of time still here to go. As you know, 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell one 225 talk toll-free, uh, revisiting the Ten Commandments of Termination of Employment, number two, as follows. Thou shalt give up your future termination rights after you start working. <laughs> I think I should read that. Thou shalt not. not give yeah. Up. I was going to say, yes. no, you don't want to do that. No, probably not a good idea. Now, this yeah. this flows from the first one. And mm-hmm. uh, the first one we talked about, you don't want to give up your termination entitlements when you, when you start the job, right? And you do that by signing an employment agreement. Well, you don't want to give them up after either. So your employer may not have thought about limiting your termination entitlements when you started the job. But they may think about that later. And they may realize, oh, wait a second, if I ever want to let John go, it's going to cost me 20 months pay. That's a lot of money. Ah, I know what to do. Let me have John sign an employment agreement that limits his entitlements. So you may already be working and the company may come to you now and say, we want you to sign a new employment agreement. Maybe it's coinciding with a, a pay raise or a transfer or a promotion. And you may think, okay, well, I'm being promoted, so it makes sense that I'm going to sign an employment agreement. No, it doesn't make sense. There is no legal reason for you to have to sign an employment agreement just because you're promoted or transferred or, or what have you. The only reason your employer is going to want you to sign that new employment agreement is because it contains terms that are better for the employer. And one of the big ones is limiting your future severance. You don't want to give up your severance after you've started working. You don't want to give it up at all. Because literally, that could cost someone tens of thousands of dollars. It could be the difference between getting eight weeks pay and getting two years pay. And it could be a huge difference, tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands. Don't let that happen. Be smart about it. If you're being asked to sign an employment agreement, send it to me. Let me take a look at it. Let me tell you what it actually does. Do you think if they do that, the uh, company will be a little bit flexible and maybe changing some things that you've discovered after being contacted and say, you know what, don't let them do this, 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 and this? Yeah, or, or you simply say, 
either we negotiate or you simply say, I'm not going to sign it. You cannot right. be penalized for refusing right. to sign an employment agreement once you're already working. You're absolutely well within your right to say, no, thanks, but no thanks. And you know what? You may say, well, then I'm not going to get the transfer that I want. Well, if you're going to get the transfer, but by doing that, you're losing $100,000 in future severance, well, maybe it's better not to get the transfer. So we got to think about those things, but do not give up your rights, especially not your termination rights after you start working. We'll squeeze one more in here before we break. The uh, Ten Commandments of Termination of Employment, thou shall respond to any negative reviews or discipline. I'm going to put a caveat in that, in writing. How about that one? Absolutely. You have to oh. respond in writing. Now, oftentimes when a company uh, gives you negative reviews, performance improvement plan, you know, it says all those things about you negatively in writing, they're doing that to build a case to potentially let you go for cause. And if you're silent about it, if you're just uh, don't respond to it, it's the same as if you said, I accept it and I agree with it. So what you're doing in that situation, you're playing into the company's hand if at some point they want to let you go for cause. So if you don't agree with the bad performance review, if you don't think it's legitimate, if you think there's a reason or an explanation, say so. Say so in writing. Make sure that your position is known and viewed because by doing that, you're going to make it much more difficult for the company to rely on it. They'll never be able to say that you agreed and you accepted it and you're going to preserve your termination entitlements. The worst thing you can ever do is be silent with respect to something that you don't agree with. Say so in writing. You can't be penalized. I'm not suggesting that you be uh, abrasive and, and insulting. No, but it's okay to be clear and direct. And if you don't agree with something, say so. Take a short break, and we'll get right back out of the Ten Commandments and Termination of Employment. We'll pick it up from there. And, of course, the phone calls, lines open for the remainder. We'd love to talk to you. 416-870-6400-STAR-640 on your cell, one 225 talk That is toll-free. The Monday night of edition of the Employment Hour is here on Global News Radio. It is a Monday night edition. We are back here Wednesday at 7 o'clock as well. The weekend shows and Employment Hour in 30 happens on Global TV and CTV on your weekend mornings all over it. Reach out anytime at uh, severancepaycalculator.com to find out exactly what your severance should be. 416-870-6400-STAR-640 on your cell. The other option, of course, one 225 talk That is toll-free and we'll continue in between the calls talking about the Ten Commandments of Termination of Employment. First, I'll get to uh, Greg. Thanks for hanging on there for a couple minutes. Greg, how are you? Hi, John. Hi, Lior. Hi, how are you, pal? I got two quick questions for you. Beauty. Uh, first is a follow-up to your uh, your show yesterday. Um, when I used to work uh, temp for temp agencies, there was a thing in the uh, in the agreement that if you know you, you got sent to a company and they liked your work and they wanted to hire you, and you left the agency, you couldn't work there for like six months. Is is that allowed? Is that like similar to your non-compete? It is a non-compete, and it's likely, depending on the position, okay, uh, if it's not a, a very senior or very unique position, it's likely not enforceable. But, Greg, here's the, the, the real issue. I could tell you that. Don't worry. It's not enforceable. But if the temp agency is inclined to try to enforce it, they may take legal action against you and then make your life miserable, costly, and, 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 and pretty bad. So the real question is not, is it legal? It's more a question of, are they going to try to enforce it? It's, it's probably not legal, but I can see the, the temp agency trying to enforce it, if, if only to make a point to others that you don't try this with us. Okay, you no, know, it wasn't uh, high-level management. It's just like, 
warehouse work or general labor. Yeah, so it probably wouldn't be enforceable. But again, the temp agency may, may still take legal action. So they may say, we don't care, we'll sue you anyway. Hmm. Uh, to make a point to the other workers that we have that you don't you don't mess with us so to speak, so so that's the real concern that I would have. It's no if, if it's a warehouse position legally no not enforceable, but they could still take legal action. Okay, gotcha. The other question is, uh, I was also working for a uh, an auto parts delivery company, where I was using their vehicles to get around, and. Uh, after I was there a couple of years, they brought a, a new uh, company policy uh, employment agreement sort of thing. And the only problem I had with it was uh, it said if we got like a speeding ticket or anything, right. we weren't allowed to go and fight it in court. Wow. That's interesting. I was like, yeah. I didn't see they had the right to tell you where you have, you know, that right to do so under the... Uh, you know the Charter of Rights. To, to uh, yeah, to you're right. Except that the Charter really only applies to issues between you and the government. You know what I mean? It doesn't apply be- to an issue between you and a, and, a, and a private citizen or a private company. But will they be able? Would they legally be able to 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 punish you for fighting a traffic ticket? No, I I cannot see any situation where that would actually be be held to be enforceable or because you fought a, a traffic ticket that somehow that would be cause for dismissal or cause for discipline no I, I i cannot see that in any way greg okay thank you thanks greg appreciate uh, appreciate you reaching out you want to reach out further get a hold of uh, lior remember the team at the firm that is a really simple one 821 5900 email address of course is help at employmenthour.com and to call in the remainder of the time we have uh here on the show monday night 416-870-6400 star 640 on cell one triple eight two two five talk that is toll free in the meantime revisiting the 10 commandments of termination of employment number four is thou shall not commit serious work place min- uh, misconduct that's kind of a no-brainer but you know it's worth mentioning right but if we're going to talk about uh you know rules of thumb or we're going to talk about 10 commandments mm-hmm. that's got to be there you know and when it comes to yeah. termination of employment probably the the best way to avoid it or certainly to avoid a termination for cause is not to commit serious workplace misconduct and and i said the word serious work well let's be clear you shouldn't commit any workplace misconduct but when it comes to cause for termination it really does have to be serious misconduct in order for it to qualify as cause i said that at the beginning of the show the fact that someone may have done something wrong or maybe even they've done a few things wrong does not mean that their employer can let them go for cause. Does not mean that at all. It's very, very difficult to terminate someone for cause. It's reserved for the worst offenders. So who can be terminated for cause? Someone that commits such a serious misconduct that it's just impossible to continue employing them. That's a very high standard. So the best way to avoid being in that situation, not a good situation to be in, is not to commit that serious misconduct. But what flows from that is that if you haven't committed that serious misconduct and the company still tries to let you go for cause, happens all the time, by the way, yep. that's a wrongful dismissal. Happens all the time, very common. Most people that, that come to see me when they are supposedly terminated for cause, there really isn't cause in the eyes of the law. So if that happens to you, if you're terminated for cause, unless you did, you, unless you know you did something terrible, you got to reach out to me. It's very likely that's a wrongful dismissal and you're owed your full severance. 
Uh, revisiting Ten Commandments and Termination of Employment, halfway through now, number five, and this is something we kind of touched on before with uh, documenting stuff, and that is thou shall always keep uh, copies of all relevant documents, copies of those. Copies of documents, copies no. of, of anything important. You know, if you, you if you have a, a performance improvement plan, you want to have a copy. If there's a bonus policy, you want to have a copy. Your copy of your employment agreement, not to mention copy of your termination letter. Uh, you know, disciplinary letters, what have you. You need copies of those. Why? Because later on, if you are let go, again, we're talking about termination of employment, the Ten Commandments. Yeah. Having those documents, that's your ammunition. Okay, that's what you you use to to either defend yourself or you use to obtain what you wrote. Uh, you know, it, it's very important to have these documents. It's very important you, when you come to see me for me to assess what you wrote, for me to assess your entitlements. I'd like to see those documents. I need to see them. So mm-hmm. keep copies of everything. And and if something happens in the workplace and you wish, gosh, I wish this was in writing. I wish this was documented. Stop wishing and start documenting. Right? You, you can document it yourself. If your boss said something to you and you said, I wish he put that in writing so I'd have a record, send them an email confirming what was said to you, okay? Very easy way to document that. Don't do that a month later. Do it at the same time this happened. If you do that, you'll never go wrong. You'll preserve your entitlements. So that's definitely one of my commandments when it comes to termination of employment. The number 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell, one talk That number is still free to call in tonight if you have any questions about what we're talking about or maybe you've been through something like this and you just want to clear something up, you can do that. Let me let me ask you this, kind of a, a part of number five. You mentioned documenting stuff, emails, writing stuff down, keeping it. If, if, if you have a troublesome boss, maybe you've had some trouble in the past, maybe a few meetings, it's, it's getting a little ugly. Can you go into a meeting, because everybody's got a smartphone now, and simply record the conversation just to have that extra you know, bit of ammunition if you need it? I'm not just going to say that you can. I mean, I'm going to say that you should. Right. Okay? You you can and you should. And by the way, from a, a legal standpoint, you're allowed to record something as long as you're part of that conversation. You can't and you should never record someone else's conversation that you're not part of. But as long as you're part of that conversation, yes, you can legally record it, uh, and and that's a great way to document things, and that's a great way to avoid a he said she said scenario down the road. So if you have a boss, or it doesn't have to be a boss, a coworker, it could be anyone in the workplace, where you say, you know, they, they keep saying things, and I wish I had that in writing, or I wish I had a recording. Yeah. You can record it, and later on, if there's something there that can be used, yes, we can use it. It's fine. Now keep in mind, a lot of employers are not going to be happy if you record something. So you may want to consider not telling them. And and if you show up with your recording device to a meeting, they're not going to let that happen. But is it illegal? Is it criminal to record a conversation in secret that you're part of? No, it's not. You can. And in many cases, it's a very good idea to go ahead and do it. Yeah. So you're saying basically if you're one of the two parties talking, you can't be the third guy against the wall recording it. That won't fly. Yeah, no, if you and I are having a private discussion and someone is recording our discussion without us knowing, that's that's illegal. That's actually a criminal right. uh, issue. Uh, gotcha. But if, if, if I'm talking to someone and I don't know that they're recording it, they have their recording device in their pocket, they haven't done anything illegal in that situation. Revisiting the Ten Commandments of Termination of Employment, number six is thou shalt keep records of important events. Well, there you go, right? Keep records of impor- important events. Very simple to do. Email works great. You know, when I uh, when I went to to school, when I had my first jobs, the email really wasn't uh, in, in play, and and I couldn't record anything. Well, yeah. right now, very easy to do. Send an email. Send a text. Uh, have a recording. Record important events. 
very, very important when it comes to termination entitlements. I, I don't like he said, she said situations. I don't like them. Sometimes we can't avoid them. But if you can avoid it by documenting things, by keeping records, uh, you'll always win. Does that also apply to things uh, during your employment? For instance, for for five years in a row, you got a Christmas bonus. And the sixth year, they say, no, no, we don't do it this year. But you have documentation because you saved records of those important events, like a massive bonus at the end of the year. Can you use that as well? Oh, gosh, yeah. It's, it's beautiful. In fact, when someone comes to me and talks about bonus, I said, you know, what can you show me in terms of past bonuses? Right. And one of the first questions so that later on, when we're trying to negotiate severance, remember, severance includes your, all your compensation, including mm-hmm. bonus. So if I can show that on average you get a $15,000 bonus because I have the records, God, that makes my life so much easier to get that compensation. There you go. 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell, one 225 talk That is toll-free. Moving over to uh, to Chris. Hey, Chris, how are you? Hey, guys. Great show as always. Thanks, Thank man. What's up? Uh, just curious, what can you do if someone provides a false reference about you and it results in you not getting a job and you find out that they gave a false reference? So they said something about you in the reference, presumably that's false. It's not true. That's correct. That is defamation, right? It's illegal to say something negative about you that is false. They can say something negative about you if it's true, but they cannot say anything negative about you that's false if they do, and as a result, you incur losses. In this case, you don't get a job. That's defamation. You can absolutely take legal action. I've actually been involved in those types of legal actions from both sides, from both the, the person suing and the person being sued. So, so yes, that, that would be illegal. That's why we have defamation laws. And, you know, the types of damages that, that our law awards can be quite significant, Chris. Okay, thank you. Thanks, Chris. Appreciate that. If you want to reach out further, you can do that uh, as well. 1-855-821-5900. Help at employmenthour.com is the number to get a hold of Lior and uh, the rest of the crew anytime at the firm. Revisiting 10 Commandments of Termination of Employment down to uh, what number seven here? Thou shall not get advice from neighbor Steve, Jim, Bob, you know, the guy over the fence. Or, or even Larry. Larry yeah, seems like Larry. a nice guy. But Larry's guy a nightmare. Really, he doesn't know what he's talking about. No. So very important. And, and really the reason why we're here on the radio and, and we've been doing this show for six, seven years now is because when and whenever I, I spoke with someone, they said, well, I spoke with my, my cousin Bob and he said this. Or the reason why I didn't do anything is because my uncle told me that I'm not owed anything. Mm-hmm. You have to get your information, certainly when it comes to termination of employment, from a reputable source. And, and you know, I'm, I'm, I know it sounds self-serving, but you have to speak with an employment lawyer. Just like if you have a, a skin problem, you're going to go see a dermatologist. You're right. not going to see an optometrist. So the same thing happens when it comes to termination of employment. You have to speak with an employment lawyer. And it doesn't have to be me if you don't like me. That's fine. But you have to speak with an employment lawyer. And and if you don't, you'll find out when it's too late that you've, you've lost entitlements. You didn't realize what you're owed. You didn't realize you had options. So please, please, please. The law can be confusing sometimes. There's a lot of misconceptions out there. So don't fall for those. And just because you're your uncle Bob, you know, used to uh, you know work at a big company for 20 years. Doesn't mean he understands the law, especially when the law also changes. Okay, go to severancepaycalculator.com if you lost your job. Call me, but please get your information, your advice, your knowledge from a reputable source. 416-870-6400, star six forty on cell. This is the number to call in. Still got uh, plenty of time. Got uh, Gwen on the line. Hi, Gwen. Good evening. Good evening. How are you? I'm good. Great. What's uh, what's your concern? 
Yeah, my concern is I haven't worked for the company in over five years now. However, I don't even know if I still have a case, but I know I was wrongfully dismissed. Um, I was being um, harassed at um, one of the locations, and they transferred me out and said if I did not take it, they were going to dismiss me from the company. And, and did they dismiss you? Yes, they did. And this was five years ago, I think you said? Yeah, about five years ago. So it's pretty old. I heard the show, and I said, let me call in. And see yeah. And, and, and so, unfortunately, you're too late to do anything about it. There's a two-year limitation period, two years. Uh, but but let, let me get the, just understand this better. So they wanted to transfer you, and you didn't want to. And they said that if they don't, if you don't accept it, we're going to let you go. And they did let you go. Yes. Did they pay you any severance, Gwen? Yeah, I did get something. Uh, how many years were you there for? I was there for like five years before. And do you do you know how many weeks or months pay they they paid you for? I think I got um, either two weeks. I don't remember. I have to look at it, but I think I get either months pay or two weeks. It wasn't a lot. Yeah. And my vacation no, pay. You you would have been owed much more than that. Now they they were allowed to let you go. I know that's not fair, but they were allowed to let you go so long as they paid you proper severance, and you probably would have been owed closer to six months pay. Uh, and so you were wrongfully dismissed, not even a question. Unfortunately, because it's been five years, uh, there's nothing that can be done about it right now. And, and you know, said so there's a two-year limitation period. But I am glad that you called because this is an important call, an important question, and something mm-hmm. that our, our listeners can can learn from. Uh, if you are let go, even if the company doesn't have a reason, ultimately they could do that. But you have to get severance. If you if you wait too long, you'll find out that uh, you, you're out of time to pursue it. Okay, so the limit is all is two years, right? It's two years, unfortunately, two years, but I wish yeah. I could help. Yes. Okay. Thanks, Gwen. I appreciate your call. In the future, you need to uh, to reach out. You can do so. That is one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred and help at employmenthour dot com. And as you mentioned, you alluded to there as far as proper severance is concerned. You want to go to severancepaycalculator dot com. There, you will find a very simple uh, app to use, whether it's on your desktop, or your phone, or your your laptop for that matter. And you just punch in uh, thirty seconds worth of information, come out with a number at the bottom, and it'll uh, it'll enlighten you. It'll surprise you. There's also a contact button at the bottom if you want to contact me, or if not, just uh, just walk away with the knowledge in your head and all that much uh, all that much smarter. We are talking and revisiting the Ten Commandments of Termination of Employment. We'll get back to that. First, I want to get to, uh, to Brent here, who's called in. Hi, Brent. Good evening. Hi. How are you? Good, sir. What's going on with you? Uh, I'm a long-term employee, supervisor, and we were getting shift premium, and then all of a sudden the company said, you're not getting it no more after this date, hmm. and they stopped it. How much uh, notice did they give you of, of this change, Brent? Uh, I think it was four weeks. Okay. And how much, like, what kind of a pay cut for you is this? How, how much is this going to impact you so from a uh, dollar I was on afternoon shift. We were getting $3,500 a year. Yep. Night shift was getting 6500 Wow. Okay. And they just stopped it. Wow. No, that, that is obviously, it, it's taking a pay cut. You can call it re- removing a shift premium. I call this a pay cut. And whenever we, we talk about things that uh, impact your pay, we have to immediately start thinking about constructive dismissal. Remember, a company does not have a right to, to change the terms of your employment in a negative way. And in this case, to give you a pay cut. doesn't matter if it's strictly reducing your pay by 10% or, or removing a shift premium. So, 
This means, Brent, that you have an option. You can accept this change and continue working without the shift premiums. Obviously, that is your decision. Or you can treat this as a constructive dismissal and leave with severance. Now, how long have you been there for, Brent? September will be 37 years. Oh, my gosh. Cow. Well, Good th- man. This is, this is easy. So you, your severance would be right around two years' pay. Two years' pay. Right. And it could even be slightly more. Uh, but two years' pay is the right number. So if th- those are your options. You can accept this or leave with that two years' pay. Now, remember, if you if we pursue constructive dismissal now, it's going to be based on your average compensation to date, which includes the shift premium. So, okay. on the other hand, if you accept this reduction uh, in your pay and six months later they let you go, then your severance is calculated without that shift premium. So, you lose on the severance as well. Yeah, so, that's why... Yeah, go ahead. They did another thing, too. They put us all on uh, continental shift. Yeah. So I get paid every two weeks. I'm working nine hours extra in that two weeks. And when we asked for a raise to be compensated for that nine hours, they said, no, you're on so, salary. That's what you get. So wow. you work, you're working more hours, not getting paid more. And in fact, you're making less because they, they eliminated the shift premiums. Well, th- that's, right. th- that's a constructive dismissal, Brent. So I, I, what I want you to do is I want you to reach out to me as soon as possible because the longer you wait in this new reality, the, the more you're going to look like you've accepted it. Okay. So you All need right. to reach out to me as soon as possible. Let's, let's actually sit down and have a serious discussion about constructive dismissal. That's not going to be actually com- complicated here because it's such an obvious change. So I want you to reach out to me as soon as possible. Let's have that discussion. Brad, appreciate that. You know the number, one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred 821 To get that ball rolling, please do ASAP. Get to, uh, to Josh here. Hey, Josh, good evening. Hi, how you guys doing? Good, sir. What's, uh, what's happening with you tonight? Uh, just a quick question. Uh, mm-hmm. so I, I was um, working in IT for a company, and um, you know, I was away on holidays for a couple of days. And during that period, um, we were infected uh, through our main system, an uh, external infection, really. Um, and they kind of downloaded a whole bunch of files and all that sort of stuff. And uh, so while I was on holidays, I tried to deal with the situation. It was, uh, this occurred on a, on a Saturday morning. I was kind of dealing with it. Uh, they called me into the office on the Sunday and let me go. And um, so this was, oh boy, I don't know, maybe six months ago, and I'm kind of working through the process and trying to gather some information. Um, and and I'm thinking about suing them, but they've come back and said they're, they'll counter sue for their losses. Does, does that make sense? Yeah, well, the, the, the really the only reason they could sue you uh, for your loss, for their losses, if they can show that you're you're at fault, and 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 it's not even that's not going to be enough. They have to show that you were completely and utterly negligent, rather than well, you know, you could have done something better. That's not good enough. So I I think that's a leveraging thing that they're using. They're trying to use that to threaten you to try to use that as leverage so you don't pursue your entitlements. Uh, I, I I don't. To me, that doesn't work. Companies threaten that often. And even if they do that, it's still not a big deal. Now, are you working with a lawyer? Uh, well, kind of in the process of interviewing a few right now. 
Okay. Uh, so I'll, I'll, I'll leave that to you, but ultimately this doesn't intimidate me in any way, nor should it intimidate you. In fact, it shouldn't be a factor in your consideration. If you're owed compensation, you should get that compensation. If they legitimately thought that they had losses that you were responsible for, they would have already pursued those. Okay. They wouldn't be using that as, as a threat and as, as leverage, as a, uh, as a fear tactic uh, against you. So if you want my help to get your entitlements, give me a call. Happy to help you. Uh, you shouldn't be worried about that counter. Josh, appreciate the call. We'll slide quickly here into Jay. We've got enough time for you, Jay. What's up? So I was calling in regards to find out um, <clears throat> kind of what severance you should get if you're working at a company uh, that just recently let you go. It let pretty much all the workers go all in one time before 100 were let go. Now they're going to hire some back, but they offer people some severance. Um, just wonder if it's a fair severance, that's all. And is this a union or non-union? It's non-union. Yeah, non-union. And they gave a severance calculator, but it was uh, a government one. Yeah, no, that, that, that calculator is useless because it doesn't calculate your full entitlements. Now, every employee has their own entitlements because entitlements, termination entitlements are based on your age, your position, and the length of your employment. So every person based on those factors has their own entitlement. So one person is not going to be owed the same as the other person, uh, etc. Well, let, let's talk about you specifically. How long have you been there for? 20 years. 20 years, and what kind of a job, and, and how old are you, Jay? Uh, 46. Yep. Um, it was uh, kind of a, um, rather not say what type of job. That's fine. Exactly. Okay, fair <laughs> enough. No, no, that's because it may reveal the situation perfectly fine. But I can tell you right now that depending on your specific job, you'd probably owe it anywhere from 16 to 18 months of pay, okay? 16 to 18 months. What have they offered you? Uh, I think it was... Um, 24 weeks. 24 weeks is five and a half months. That's less than a, a third of what you're actually owed. So that's a wrongful dismissal if there ever was one, Jay. Uh, and, and it's very important you understand that and, and that you tell your colleagues because if you're getting this horrible offer, your colleagues are probably getting it as well. So we're out of time here on the show, but I want you to reach out to me as soon as possible. Off air, we'll give you my information. Don't sit on this. You're owed easily 16, potentially as much as 18 months of pain. Jay, appreciate that call. It's a good way to wrap for tonight. We'll, we'll be back on Wednesday night at the same time, 7 o'clock here, doing the Employment Hour, the weekend shows as well. And Employment Hour in 30 happens on Global TV and CTV on your weekend mornings. You want to reach out, 1-855-821-5900, suggest you do, and help at employmenthour.com. Till next time, this has been the Employment Hour on Global News Radio. Don't go anywhere. Alex Pearson is on point, coming right back here.